This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ricky hits one hard and deep left center field. That one is way back. It's gone. A leadoff home run for Ricky Henderson, the 65th time in his major league career. He has opened his team's offense with a home run. An ongoing record, one to nothing, athletics. He was the premier leadoff hitter that's ever played the game. You knew right from the start Ricky was going to be a great player. I wish I had him on my team. The energy and the love that he brought to the game is something that I picked up from him, man. Great honor to be a teammate of and, and to be able to witness it personally was, was uh, uh, amazing day in and day out. Unique combination of power, average, a patience at home plate, a very condensed strike zone, and then the most prolific base dealer. It was just nice watching him change a game by himself by walking, stealing a couple bases, and then somebody hit a sacrifice fly and you got to run without even getting a hit. He was one of my favorite players uh, to have on a ball club. It was pretty obvious Ricky was going to be a Hall of Famer. He was just a little better than we were. He was the greatest player I ever played with. He was uh, not only one of the most interesting, but in terms of players I saw play, you know, in person, in their prime, he was the greatest I ever saw. You know, and Ricky would love to come in and put his flips, flops on and put his um, undergarments on and walk around the clubhouse because he knew he was this great-looking physical specimen. I mean, the six-pack, the big legs, 0% body fat. I mean, it's born on Christmas Day. I think that says plenty right there. The men you just heard from know the game, played the game, and managed the game. They all have one thing in common their appreciation for the greatest player in Oakland A's history. Major League Baseball has been played for over 145 years, has produced some of the greatest athletes the human eye has ever seen. Players like Willie Mays, Henry Aaron, Cy Young, and Babe Ruth. When fans begin to discuss who is the greatest player of all time in our sport, these names are typically mentioned with modern day stars like Ken Griffey Jr., Pedro Martinez, and Mike Trout. One name that will always be in that conversation is the man who has the most leadoff home runs, 81, the most stolen bases, 1,406, and the most runs scored, 2,295, in the history of the game. A 5'10 outfielder from Oakland Tech who went on to change the game forever. And his name is Ricky Henderson. Maybe the birth date was the indication that something special was coming. Ricky was born on Christmas Day, 1958, in Chicago. And then two years later, his family moved to Oakland, and soon the world would learn of this tremendous athlete. He was an All-American running back, recruited by the likes of USC and Arizona, was on the track team, and played baseball while attending Oakland Tech. When it came to the decision which sport he would pick, well, as the saying goes, Mom Bobby knows best. My mom really made the decision. 
I thought that the way to go was, you know, me being on on the football field playing football. I think that's what's my passion, love at the beginning. And uh, she she chose baseball. And uh, you know, in my first year, you know, I was probably a little more disappointed. Wanted to quit, go back and play football, but she told me to stick it in, and I guess she made the right choice. Former major leaguer and current Oakland Athletics scout, Shooty Babbitt also grew up in the East Bay and was blown away when he first saw Ricky play when they were just teenagers. Probably the first time I ever laid eyes on him when we were 14 years old. And, you know, being from Berkeley, California and playing um, baseball where I came from, I was always one of the better guys. And um, when you're growing up, you know who those guys are. When I first laid my eyes on Ricky Henderson at 14, we were in a Pony League All-Star game. And uh, I was just in awe. Uh, this incredible physical specimen at 14 years old. I knew he was special at that time. I mean, he was bigger, he was faster. He just looked more like the real deal. And I was the real deal up until that point, anywhere I had played. And um, just watching, you know, his career, you know, unfold the way that it did, it, it really didn't surprise me that he ended up being the player that he was. And for me, no doubt about it, uh, he was truly the best leadoff hitter of all time. I mean, this is a guy who could beat you in any type of way on a baseball field. And uh, I, it, it was just a privilege for me to be able to play with Ricky. How did he carry himself as a teenager? What do you remember about that? Uh, very confident. Uh, he loved the game. Uh, Ricky was a guy you never heard much about because he was a person who stayed close to his family. Uh, he, he didn't play uh, basketball in high school for the most part, but he played football. You knew he was a good football player, and you just wasn't sure you know, what sport he would choose because he was um, being compared to uh, Tony Dorsett um, as a football player coming up. So um, you remember him being a, a great athlete that you remember most of all of anything else. While Ricky may have had his mind on the gridiron, someone else in his life figured out a way to get him to focus on baseball, and it included some bribery. My first year in high school, my favorite sport was football. I did not like baseball. My counselor, Mrs. Wilkinson, bribed me into playing baseball. She would pay me a quarter. Every time I would get a hit, a run score, or stole a base. After my first 10 game, I had 30 hits, 25 runs score, and 33 steal. Not bad money for a kid in high school. <laughs> The Athletics franchise has produced some of the greatest players the sport has seen. From Lefty Grove to Mickey Cochran to Jimmy Fox, on to Reggie Jackson and Catfish Hunter, plus many more. Ricky Henderson was different. He had special meaning to the franchise. As a kid raised in Oakland and then selected by the Athletics in the fourth round of the 1976 amateur draft. Something that's not lost on Ricky. Oh, it, it was a special uh, draft to really be drafted by Oakland, being at home. You know, I thought I had an opportunity. The Dodger was real high on when I was in the high school. Or going in their camp, they were real high on talking about drafting me. But uh, they were looking for a catcher at the beginning, and then I was going to be the next draft pick. But Oakland took me before that. So, you know, I was back at home. You know, it was it was joy that I was going to be back at home. Uh, all the people that, uh, you know, saw me come up as a 9-year-old or, you know, 10-year-old trying to play baseball or just being an athlete in the, in the, in, uh, the city, 
uh, you know, had my back. They pulled for me, and, you know, they, they pushed me and kept me going. It didn't take long for Ricky to make his Major League debut on June 24, 1979, versus the Texas Rangers. I went to spring training that year, and I, I thought I made the club out of spring training. And, I, and I, when I didn't make the club out of spring training, I was uh, kind of disappointed of myself, or disappointed on the decision, really. And, uh, you know, I went down to AAA, and I had my uh, AAA manager, Jose Bacon, you know, was a great manager, uh, you know, showed me a lot about the game. And, uh, and when I got that call, you know, I think I was in, matter of fact, I was in Arizona, Phoenix, uh, no, Tucson, Arizona, and uh, we was in the pool playing around, the, you know, all the guys we playing around with some volleyballs or something like that. And Jose called me, uh, called me out of that pool, and he said he wanted to take me to lunch. And I said, you finally gave me a chance that you're going to take me to lunch and give me my steak dinner that I want. And he said, yeah, it's about time for me to give you a steak dinner. And, he, and then we went to lunch, and, and he brought the, the good news to me. And, and, you know, I was real, real happy, thrilled, and so excited. So, you know, got on the phone, called my mom and everybody to say that I was coming home to play baseball. Henderson finished his first major league game going two for four with a stolen base, the first of his 1,406 for his career. Ricky would always be remembered for his ability to steal bases. But in his early days, he wanted to be more like another fellow A's legend. When I was minor league, I wanted to be Reggie Jackson. Now, I wanted to hit a lot of home runs. And then uh, I, I, I tried to stand like Reggie, swing like Reggie. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was cracking out like Reggie. <laughs> it really wasn't getting nowhere. And then I, 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 I met Derek Bryan in, in spring training, and he took me to a tee. And he made me uh, develop a strike zone. And then I got in a little crouch and I was more comfortable with. So, you know, I took it to that level. And then based on it's, it's the work habit that you go out and you want to try to get better and better with what you're trying to accomplish. And I think each and every day I hit out for tea and just stayed in a little crouch. I, I had them football legs and stuff like that. So I, my legs was a lot stronger for me to stay in the crowd. Ricky finished his rookie season in the majors hitting 274 with one home run and 33 stolen bases. During his first full season, 1980, Henderson hit 303 and led baseball with 100 steals. He would steal 100 or more bases three times over the course of the next four years. During his first six seasons with the A's, Henderson hit 291 with 51 home runs, stole 493 bases, and recorded his first postseason hit versus the Kansas City Royals in 1981. Anderson drew a walk in the first inning. Base hit to left field. So Ricky with his first hit in the Western Division Series. During his first go-round with Oakland, he also set the single-season record for stolen bases with 130 in 1982. Billy Martin, you know, he was a manager at that time, and we came to spring training, and uh, he came up to me and he said, uh, "We're gonna break the record this year." And uh, you know, I was sh kind of shocked. Uh, we're gonna break the what? We're gonna break the record. We're gonna break the stolen bases this year. I said, "We gonna break the stolen bases this year?" And I said, "We ain't gonna break it. We can't break the record because I'm the one gonna be out there running." And he said, "I'm gonna be the one to help you." Uh, you know, pick some pitchers because, you know, I know the pitchers. I know when they throw a throw breaking ball, mostly what didn't count. So we're going to do it together. So I said, okay, you know, what you know, what I know. And we got together. He was sitting in the corner or something. He was giving me a pick sign when he thought it was a breaking ball, and that's when I was taking off. So, you know, probably 60% of the time he was, he was get guessing for me, and all I was doing was running. However, on December 6, 1984, Following a fourth consecutive losing season, A's general manager Sandy Alderson traded Ricky Henderson to the New York Yankees 
for Jay Howell, Jose Rio, Stan Javier, Eric Plunk, and Tim Burtzis. Alderson still remembers the details of the trade and how he decided on the players he received back for Henderson. Roy Eisenhart, myself, Wally Haas, we were willing to try new things. That's when analytics, you know, we adopted analytics early in the 80s. Why? Because I, for example, had no way to, to evaluate players. I wasn't a scout. I wasn't this. I wasn't that. I hadn't been in the game very long. I had to come up with something. The analytical approach was probably more comprehensible and, and somewhat convincing to me than um, what else was available. Just to give you an example um, of kind of uh, uh, less than conventional wisdom, when we did trade Ricky the Yankees, we got five players back. And what I asked for from the, from the Yankees were the top five players in their system based on a Baseball America article that had recently been published. Ricky would spend the next four and a half seasons with the Yankees with zero postseason appearances. Ah, they was up and down. The Yankee was up and down. You know, I was excited because Billy really wanted me to go to the Yankee. He thought I was a winner, and the Yankees was a big winning organization, and he wanted me to go up there and succeed with the Yankees. It, you know, when I first got there in the spring training, I having a good spring training. We was playing Boston. A uh, line drive was hit to uh, Evans in uh, a right field, and I was at first. I took from first to third base, and Bog digged me. You know, I had, I thought I had it standing up, and then all of a sudden he got that quick tag down on me. I twisted my ankle, almost blew myself out. So it took me all spring and maybe about mm, two weeks for us in the season to get there. But, you know, you got there and the excitement, the the way you playing, and then I had great teammates, Don Manny, Dave Winfield. They was already pretty big stars of there. So, you know, we got together and it was, it was just like a dynasty, but we just didn't have no pictures. With the Yankees, Henderson led the AL in steals three out of four years, but did not in 1987 when the Seattle Mariners' Harold Reynolds took home the crown, prompting an interesting off-season phone call from the man of steel. That year, 1987, it's the only time in the 80s that Ricky did not win a stolen base title. And he's still in at that time like 100 bases a year. I ended up winning that year with 60. I think Ricky got hurt in May or something like that, and he already had 30 in May. So I went on the last day. Willie Wilson had 59. I had 59. I steal a bag. Willie Wilson doesn't. I'm the greatest of all time. You know, I, <laughs> I win the title. Right? So I get home. The next day, season's over. And my phone rings. No caller ID in those days. Hello? Henderson here. Hey, what's going on? I'm thinking he's calling to congratulate me. He goes, 60 stolen bases? You ought to be ashamed. Ricky has 60 at the All-Star break. Click and hung up the phone. So years later, he goes into the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, and, you know, Ricky and I are tight. He, he signs a picture for me, and it has, you know, stolen base champ, Ricky Henderson. Meanwhile, the A's needed a spark midway through the 1989 season, and Alderson decided to bring Ricky back to Oakland on June 21st. You know, the guy we had hitting leadoff in 88 was a guy named Louis Polonia. Uh, who was a pretty good player, but not, not Ricky Henderson. And we always kept our ear to the ground with Ricky. Ricky, in those days, you know, had a, had a way of wearing out his welcome. And, uh, and he was, I don't know, three years or so into a five-year deal. And so um, we had a chance to get him back. They were looking to move him. And um, I was really happy we were able to get him back. Uh, it, it wasn't a consensus within the organization to bring him really? back. No. Uh, and, uh, but you know, my attitude was what the hell we're going to, you know, <clears throat> had a chance to get this guy back. 
And uh, I remember concluding that deal uh, on the phone in a phone booth. The 1989 season was a memorable one for the A's after the heartbreak of the 1988 World Series defeat to the Los Angeles Dodgers. The A's won 99 games as Henderson hit 294 with nine homers and stole 52 bases in 85 games at his return to Oakland as the A's won the West and took on the Toronto Blue Jays in the American League Championship Series. This would be Ricky's first action in the postseason since the 81 ALCS versus the Yankees, and he did not disappoint, hitting 400 in the series with eight stolen bases and two home runs in Game 4. This will get a run home, maybe more. Mosby going back, looking up, out of here, and into wow. the black seats, the hitting background. There aren't many leadoff men who can launch one like that to dead center field. About a 430-foot shot, 2-0 Oakland. A drive to left. If it's high enough and fair, it's gone. Yeah. It qualified on both counts. Like it landed right on the top of the fence, just inside the screen. A breaking ball, down and in. A blur. Can you imagine how many ways this guy can beat you? Game one and two, great speed, a record, and then he does this today. The 1989 World Series was set, and the Oakland Athletics were taking on the San Francisco Giants for the first ever Battle of the Bay World Series. In game one, Ricky went two for five, helping Dave Stewart's complete game performance in the 5 nothing win. Game two saw the A's go up two games to none in the series as Henderson went three for three with a stolen base. Game three was set to be played at Candlestick Park on October 17th when tragedy struck. So the Oakland A's take... Take... Well, <laughs> I don't know if we're on the air. We are in commercial, I guess. As the Bay Area grieved and began to rebuild from the Loma Prieta earthquake, the World Series returned October 27th as a brief respite from the damage. The A's took Game 3 13-7 as Henderson went 1-5 for five in the game. Then Oakland took full advantage of the opportunity to clinch the World Series the next day, and Ricky Henderson was a major reason why. And he gets a high fly ball to left field, and that one is carrying, and back goes Mitchell, and it's a launching pad again tonight. to tell you I've seen a lot of games in this park and that fooled everybody but 
on a winless night what would be a normal routine fly ball goes out just like last night one to nothing. Ricky went three for six in the game as the A's clinched their first World Series title since 1974. Ricky finished the 1989 playoff run for the A's, hitting 441 with three home runs, scored 12 runs, and stole 11 bases as the A's went eight and one in the postseason. That year for me, it, it, it was it was really uh, you know I was with the Yankees, and uh, you know probably my last year with the Yankees uh, under the contract, and you know I wanted to have a good year, and I think I fell in the situation that you know I was having a bad year. I didn't know what was going on, what was the situation, and uh, Oakland bailed me out really. They tell me too, they bailed me out for me being tearing and tearing myself up or feeling so bad or hurt, you know, they bailed me out and I got the opportunity to, to come in and play and then I started hitting the ball like I was capable of hitting the ball. And then when up, we ended up winning it, got the opportunity in the, in the playoff and, uh, you know, it was, it, was, it was something that I dream of. As we always say, is if you can, you know, pinpoint up a, a picture, it's something that you dream and, and the things that was, was should happen, you want it to happen. And it seemed like my dream came true. Everything seemed to take. I was putting pressure on people. I was running, stealing bases like crazy. We was winning ball game. So it, it was just all seemed like a, a, a script that it, it was for me to go out and to do this stuff. So, you know, it was fun. And then we ended up getting to the World Series and – like you say, the earthquake came, shocked everything. But, you know, to me, it shocked my, my teammate. And all, they was all all scared and stuff. And I'm saying, that's just a little shake. We, <laughs> You know, we get that all the time. And they was really, really shocked. But we took the time out to leave California for a minute, go work out in Arizona, come back, and, and try to, be, uh, you know, you know, build up the city or, you know, make the city feel a little more joyful. If we can go out here and win the World Series for them, then we can get the happiness back in. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On November 28, 1989, the A's made Ricky Henderson the highest-paid player in baseball when they gave him a four-year, $12 million deal to remain in Oakland. Henderson rewarded the A's and their fans as the team was looking to be the first repeat World Series champions since the New York Yankees of the late 1970s. 
Henderson played in 136 games in his full season back with the Athletics, hitting 325 with a career-high 28 home runs, 65 stolen bases, and 119 runs scored, an Oakland A's record that stood until 2019. Henderson's on-base percentage was 439, and his OPS, the combination of on-base percentage plus slugging percentage, was a staggering league-high 1.016. Ricky was an all-star for the ninth time, won his third and final Silver Slugger Award, and was named the American League Most Valuable Player. Ricky would continue to break records with the Athletics during his second stint with the team, including the all-time stolen base record set by Lou Brock on May 1, 1991, versus the Yankees at the Coliseum. Nothing deficit. Ricky goes. A pitch taken. He's going to have it. He does. Ricky Henderson, no contest, steals third base, jerks the bag from its moorings, and holds it aloft, representing number 939. Ricky pounds it with his left fist, hands it to equipment manager Frank Sinchek, who gives him a big hug. Ricky is enjoying the accolades of the crowd, waving his hands to them. Took a long time, huh? First of all, I would like to thank God for giving me that opportunity. I want to thank the Haas family, the Oakland organization, the city of Oakland, and all y'all beautiful fans for supporting me. First of all, I would like to thank my mom, my family, friend, and loved one for their support. I want to give my appreciation to the late Tom Trevorhan and the late Billy Martin. Billy Martin was a great manager. He was a great friend to me. I love you, Billy. I wish he was here. <laughs> Luke Brock was the symbol of great base stealing. But today, I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you. Sandy Alderson, Dave Stewart, and Dwayne Statz, then the television voice of the Yankees, all reflected on this moment and what it meant. I do remember that day. I didn't, didn't remember the, the exact uh, date until we're uh, reminded of it, but I remember the day I stole third base. Uh, Lou Brock was in the house, um, and uh, of course it was great that he stole the base, and, uh, and he... Then he started talking about being the greatest of all time, right in the presence of Lou Brock. It got a little uncomfortable at that point, but um, that was Ricky. When it became clear, which that was even before the season started, that that record was going to be broken, I don't think that I watched Ricky come to the ballpark. I don't believe it was part of his agenda to play the game for individual um, accolades. I don't think that was his agenda. I will say that that wasn't his agenda. Ricky's enjoyment was putting his talents on display and having people enjoy him. 
and want to be like him if you're a child. That was his enjoyment, watching people, having people watch him and enjoy his style of play, having kids at the, at the ballparks around our neighborhood. Once again, an Oakland native, having kids say, I want to be Ricky Henderson or Ricky Henderson's on first base or whatever the case may be. That was his goal when the season started. That was his goal as a player when he first came into the game. Tony Kubek and I were doing uh, television on the Madison Square Garden Network, and um, we uh, we were all part of the fun. You know, I think uh, everybody remembers Ricky stealing third, and then everything stopped, and he was honored, and he had the bag and picked it up above his head and said, I'm the greatest. And I always thought, hey, you can't argue with him. He's the greatest base stealer of all time. Um, it was um, it was pretty fun. The following year, also on May 1st, Henderson stepped into the history books once again, becoming the first player in Major League history to steal 1,000 bases. Here he goes. Pitch is inside. Tettle and throw. And he is in safely with number 1,000. The fans recognizing the milestone that Ricky Henderson has just reached. He wants the base. Can't blame him for that. Ricky would remain with the Athletics until July 31st, 1993, when he was traded again by Alderson to the Toronto Blue Jays for Steve Carse and Jose Herrera. There, he was reunited with childhood friend Dave Stewart, who was the American League Championship Series MVP that postseason as the Blue Jays won their second straight World Series title on a walk-off home run by Joe Carter. Joe has had his moments. Two balls and two strikes on it. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. The win would be the final World Series title for Ricky. For the 1994-95 seasons, Henderson returned to the Athletics where he played in 199 games and hit 283 with 15 home runs and stole 54 bases during his age 35 and 36 seasons. The following two years, Ricky played for the San Diego Padres and Anaheim Angels before he returned to the A's for the fourth and final time in 1998 at the age of 39. And during that 98 season, he hit 266 with 14 homers and led the league in steals with 66, the most he had in a season since his MVP campaign in 1990 when he stole 65. Over the next five years, Ricky would go on a nomadic journey to play for five different teams the New York Mets, the Seattle Mariners, the San Diego Padres, Boston Red Sox, and Los Angeles Dodgers, continuing to show his joy for the game and performing on the field. When Ricky was finished playing, he had played for a total of nine teams and accumulated 3,055 career hits, 2,295 runs, 297 home runs, 1,115 RBIs, 1,406 stolen bases, at a career OPS of A20. Flash forward to 2009. 
Ricky had been out of baseball for five years when the Hall of Fame ballot was set to come out that featured 23 names that included eight future Hall of Famers and others like Mark McGuire, Dale Murphy, and Don Mattingly, plus Ricky Henderson. In the end, three individuals were elected to the National Baseball Hall of Fame, Joe Gordon, Jim Rice, and the Man of Steel. Ricky Henderson received 94.8% of the vote, making him just the 45th player in the history of Major League Baseball to be elected on the first ballot. July 26, 2009, Ricky Henderson was inducted into Baseball's Hall of Fame. Faster than a speeding bullet, scored more runs, 2,295, stole more bases, 1,406, than any player in history. Combined power, plate discipline, flair, and an uncanny ability to electrify crowds. A 10-time All-Star and the 1990 American League Most Valuable Player. Led league in steals 12 times, including three 100-plus seasons. And a modern-day record, 130 stolen bases in 1982. Won World Series with Oakland and Toronto. Congratulations. As a kid growing up in Oakland, my heroes were Jackie Robinson, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, Reggie Jackson. What about that Reggie Jackson? I stand out on the ballpark in, in the parking lot waiting for Reggie Jackson to give me an autograph. Reggie used to come out all the time and I said, Reggie, can I have an autograph? He would pass me a pen with his name on it. He never, <laughs> he never gave me an autograph. <laughs> to all my coaches out there that taught me along the way, I want to say, Thank you for believing in me. In 1980, the A's hired a new manager that I would look up to for the rest of my life. One of the best teachers and manager anyone could ever play for, Mr. Billy Martin. <laughs> Billy always got the most out of me. He taught me to compete at the highest level and respect the game of baseball. Billy, I miss you very much and I wish you were here with me today. To all the kids out there, follow your dream, believe in your dream, because dreams do come true. When you think of me, I would like you to remember that kid from the inner city that played the game with all his heart and never took the game for granted. Thanks everyone here for making my dream come true today.
In closing, I would like to say my favorite player, my favorite hero was Muhammad Ali. He said at one time, quote, I am the greatest, end of quote. That is something I always wanted to be. And now that the association had voted me into the Baseball Hall of Fame, my journey as a player is complete. I am now in the class of the greatest players of all time. And at this moment, I am very, very humble. Thank you. The Hall of Fame was just the beginning of the ceremonies honoring Ricky. On August 1st, 2009, the Oakland Athletics retired the number 24. It marked only the fifth time in the history of the Oakland A's to bestow this honor. In a ceremony at the Oakland Coliseum, before the A's took on the Toronto Blue Jays, Ricky once again could feel the love from the fans that cheered his every moment. A's fans, A's please, fans welcome please welcome your hometown, your hometown hero, hero, Hall of Famer, and the greatest leadoff hitter, hitter in the history, in the history of, baseball, of baseball, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, Thank you very much. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. What a wonderful day. We can play two right now. Let's play two. As I said, at the Hall of Fame, thank God. Thanks to my family and friends. Thanks, thanks to the city of Oakland. Thanks to the Haas family and the Wolf family. Thanks to the Oakland organization. And a special thanks to my teammates and manager. But most of all, thanks to you, the fans. The final ceremony came on opening day, April 3rd, 2017 versus the Los Angeles Angels. The Athletics renamed the playing surface at the Oakland Coliseum, the true field of dreams for the kid who grew up in Oakland and has inspired so many with his unbridled enthusiasm for the game to Ricky Henderson Field. Today is a very special day and is a very special, important day in history. Not only for myself, but for the city of Oakland. I feel truly honored that the Oakland organization have recognized me by naming this field Ricky Henderson. Which is where my Major League Baseball career began. My journey and life lessons 
have came from Oakland. My heart and soul is forever Oakland. And now you have me permanently in Oakland with this field. I love you, Oakland. Ricky Henderson may not have been born in Oakland, but he has always embraced his upbringing in the town. In my eyes, I, I wanted to see the fans enjoy the game as well as I enjoy the game. And playing in front of the family, the friends and stuff there, they gave me a little more boost, push. When things was going bad or things was going wrong, I can always turn to them and they give me advice. And I know they, they guide me in the right direction. So, you know, it helped me out in my career. And, you know, I was proud to go out there and uh, represent the, the Oakland area. To this day, Ricky can be seen at the Coliseum, and there are still times when he will once again don the number 24 jersey and engage the latest members of the Oakland A's, both in the clubhouse and on the field during pregame. His knowledge of the game and the stories he can tell are legendary and delight all who come in contact with him. Yes, the debate will rage on forever on who is the best player ever to play the game. But just ask the fans in Oakland and coast to coast in New York, Toronto, San Diego, Anaheim, Boston, LA, and Seattle. They know Ricky Henderson, Major League Baseball's man of steel and all-time leader in runs scored is in the conversation of the greatest of all time. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.